A very happy New Year to you all out there in Cougar Nation. We mourn the loss of Sione Vecoso on today's show. We also talk about the addition of Waylon Lapuaho to the BYU offensive line. And we'll also talk about BYU basketball. Have we been overlooking a key factor with this BYU basketball team? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsor to kick off the New Year's are old friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCall. Terms and conditions apply. All right, once again, thank you for joining us. The goal here, simply stated on this podcast, is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. Let's start off on the offensive line for BYU on today's show as we kick off the new years. Uh, some up and down news on the offensive front for BYU. We'll start off with the good news. BYU announced the addition, or I guess the, the, the official announcement came via Waylon Lapuaho, Utah State transfer offensive lineman, announced his commitment to the BYU football program. Now, uh, Apuaho, if that last name sounds familiar, we talked about him last week on the podcast. He is the cousin of Louis Lapuaho, who, who played for BYU as an offensive lineman in his own right. And Waylon comes to BYU with some bona fide accolades to his name. He started multiple games, I believe at least 11 of them, this past season as a true freshman for the Utah State football program, a product of Bingham High School in uh, South Jordan, Utah. This is a kid who I think is an absolute uh, great addition for the BYU football program, most notably because of the losses of the interior of BYU's offensive line. Think about this. Clark Barrington moves on, who was a stalwart at BYU's left guard spot. At the right guard spot, it was a, a kind of a rotation between Harris Lachance and Joe Tukuafu, who both of which have moved on now with their own playing careers. So, there are opportunities at both guard spots for a guy like Waylon Lapuaho to come in and compete right away for playing time. He started at right guard most of the season for Utah State, and I think he'll figure to reprise that role either at left or right guard for the BYU football program. He's got solid size for a guard, six foot four, 310 pounds. I'm not 100% convinced he's actually six foot four, but regardless, he is a road grader on the offensive line and showed flashes of a guy who can really be a key piece of a rebuilding BYU offensive line going into the Big 12 era this year. That's the nice part about this is he went to Utah State, got a bunch of seasoning, played a ton of games that otherwise, had he maybe even picked BYU at a high school, which he was not offered by the Cougars, if I, if I recall correctly. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. He was not offered. Uh, he he comes to BYU having played more games than he could have ever have hoped to play probably at BYU before arriving in Provo. So that's that's actually the positive thing if you're the BYU Cougars is you get a proven uh, commodity along the offensive line who also has three more years of eligibility, including a redshirt year. So he's got four years to play three in his college career. This is the type of transfer pickup that is absolutely awesome for BYU. And I know it burns Programs like Utah State to have a guy come in, play a bunch of games, then decide, you know what? 
I'm out, I'm moving on. But that's just kind of the simple uh, fact of the matter when it comes to college football in this day and age. Guys are going to move on. They're going to make decisions that they believe are in their best interest. And Waylon Lapuaho decided this was in his best interest. I think this is an absolutely phenomenal pickup for the BYU football program. Now, Conversely, along that offensive line, let's also talk about the tragic, and I, I mean just tragic loss. Uh, late Saturday night, if I recall correctly, is when I started initially getting texts and uh, frantic uh, people asking me, like, have you heard about this? And uh, Sione Vecoso, BYU transfer offensive lineman in his own right, came to BYU from Arizona State after having served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He passed away uh, near his home in Kailua, Hawaii, after helping, uh, I guess he was working with a crew of five other uh, men uh, building uh, on a construction project and a retaining wall, a 15-foot-tall retaining wall, partially collapsed and apparently buried Vecoso, and he ultimately succumbed to his injuries. And... Uh, just an absolutely tragic story because the more I read about Sione Vecoso's background, this was a kid who had overcome a lot. He lost his mom who raised him as a single parent in high school. His aunt and uncle took him and his uh, siblings in to raise them as their own. Uh, like I said, ultimately served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Was a guy that BYU was hot on his heels in high school. He ultimately opted to pick Arizona State out of high school, but then came home and decided BYU was where he wanted to be. And uh, similar to what I just talked about with Waylon Lapuaho, Sione Vecoso was a guy that was going to probably start for BYU either at guard or tackle next year. I, there was a very real possibility that with Kingsley Suomatia in most people's minds, and mine included, uh, making the flip from right tackle to left tackle, I assumed a guy like Sione Vecoso at six foot seven or six foot eight, and I think he was three hundred and some odd pounds on BYU's roster. He's in like a very natural addition at that right tackle spot, if not uh, uh, capable of playing right tackle. Then you slot him in. Guard, and I think he would have been an absolute uh, day one starter in the Big 12 era for BYU. But alas, uh, as it is, we are mourning his loss on today's show. And it's just to lose somebody at 22 years old, it's just. I don't know how to adequately describe it because uh, the University of Utah also had their situation with Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe passing away over the past couple of years. And these are young men uh, who have lived their dreams. They're, they're living dreams that many of us had. I had dreams of playing college football. I was ultimately never going to come to fruition. But uh, these are young men who in the prime of life, 19, 20, and in the case of Sione Vecosa, 22 years old, they are their, their lives are lost. And it's unfortunate because it sounds like just a tragic, tragic accident. And that's just, it's one of those things that you look at and say, wow, like what, why, why this young man, why this time? But you know what? BYU football programs have to move on without him. And it's just, it, it hurts to have to talk about stuff like this because you want to be all upbeat. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, trying to keep it as positive as I possibly can and uh, make sure you guys are, are feeling good about BYU. But this is just an absolute gut-wrenching awful loss to have Sione Vecoso pass away. So it's, it's kind of bittersweet because you, you learn Friday night that Waylon Lapuaho is committing to the BYU football program. You're like, okay, he adds to a pretty good core of offensive linemen. They'll have to probably mix and match and find the right combo of five guys to start for BYU when they begin the Big 12 era next September. And then Saturday night, just this absolute gut-wrenching loss of losing one of the guys you had in that mix as a potential starter for the BYU offensive line. So uh, 
let me just uh, express my condolences my, and say that my thoughts, prayers, and uh, my financial means, I, I contributed to the fund out there to help us uh, support the Vay Coastal family at this time. If you have not done so, you can go on uh, the BYU Cougars website. You also can find it on social media. They have put together a GoFundMe to help uh, cover the burial expenses and other uh, incidentals with regards to the loss of Siona Vay Coastal at such a young age. And it's just... It's tragic. So once again, our thoughts and prayers, my thoughts and prayers here on Locked On Cougars go out to the Vacosal family at this time and just uh, pray that God will uh, make sure that they, they, they feel his love at this time, our Heavenly Father, and uh, make sure that they know that, they, that they're loved. And obviously, uh, if you're a believing person of the LDS faith, of course, the plan of salvation and all that, the, the, the comfort that that can bring at a tragic tragic time like this. All right, uh, we will move along here and talk a little bit more about BYU basketball. We'll switch gears to the hardwoods from the gridiron. Uh, BYU basketball won their seventh straight game, uh, beating Portland on Saturday night. How did they do it? How did they look? We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's been a big partner of ours all year long. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 as we kick off the new year, it all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. The best part is these postings on LinkedIn Jobs are really, really simple. They're easy to do. The best part, they're absolutely free. LinkedIn Jobs help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools to go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates right away. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs connect with them for fast and for free. And the best part, once again, LinkedIn Jobs is making it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. Think about it. This is just kind of an all-in-one tool. And that is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality f- hires versus leading competitors. So once again, LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. I want to encourage you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's a 22-minute recap of all the major sports news out there in the world. For example, on today's show, a lot of NFL on there. There's some NBA takes as well. Uh, they got all the recaps in the NHL and also, also any, any other major news, Major League Baseball, soccer, golf. They've got it all once again, 22 minutes or less. Peter Bukowski hosts it and does a fantastic job. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also, check it out on YouTube. All right, the BYU men's basketball program won their seventh straight game, 71-58 to over the Portland Pilots Saturday night. A crowd of 13,000-plus was on hand at the Marriott Center, so props to you out there in Cougar Nation who made the drive to the Marriott Center on New Year's Eve to watch this game and uh, if you wa- left at halftime or if you stopped watching this game at halftime, uh, you probably were thinking, how is BYU going to go about winning this game? Because in the first half, BYU's uh, season-long issue of turnovers reared its ugly head, and Portland made them pay dearly for it. B- Portland had 17 points off turnovers against just zero for BYU in this game. And BYU finished the game with a grand total of 19 turnovers. So the turnover woes continue to be an issue, and it's team-wide. Uh, Tiki L.A. Tiki led the way with five. Uh, Dallin Hall had four. Noah Waterman, three. Uh, Spencer Johnson had four. 
No single guy on this roster seemingly is the culprit in any given game. It is just, a, it's a team-wide deal. And yes, there are turnovers that are less, uh, I don't know, impactful, I guess is the right way to term There are ones that are less impactful than others, but BYU has still got to work on cutting down these turnovers. The nice part in this, the nice part is in the second half, Gideon George, and I already the aforementioned Atiki Ali Atiki, really turned it on. And Atiki Ali Atiki finished with just eight points, but he was very impactful on the defensive end of the court. I thought it was very, very good uh, for BYU before ultimately fouling out in 13 minutes of action. Uh, For his efforts, Gideon George scored a team-high 20 points in this game, also added nine rebounds and three assists. This is one of those games that Gideon George just kind of is that that tantalizing, like, okay, if he could harness this and bring this every single night, he absolutely would be the NBA prospect. He aspires, and I think everybody hopes that he could ultimately become. But the, the problem is... It feels like for a guy like Gideon George that a game like this comes along once every three or four games. I, I hope he's able to follow it up this week as BYU heads out on the road uh, for two big matchups in West Coast Conference play because they absolutely could use this type of a Gideon George offense as they uh, get going here in the West Coast Conference. They're headed to LMU on Thursday night. It's a 9 o'clock tip on ESPNU. They'll follow it up on Saturday uh, with matchup at San Diego down there in the Slim Gym. So a big weekend coming up because LMU, I'll be riding high a little bit. They've been actually been really shooting the ball really, really well. And they're obviously, uh, when BYU comes to these West Coast Conference venues, and these will be the, some of the final times ever that BYU will be in some of these venues they obviously are going to be a little more pumped and juiced up for this game. But the nice part is BYU, for just the fourth time in 12 West Coast Conference seasons, the Cougars are off to a 2-0 start in West Coast Conference play. Now, that 2-0 start, obviously, you're not playing the who's who of the West Coast Conference so far because Pacific and Portland are far from world beaters and guys that, uh, and not guys, uh, teams that are going to contend in the West Coast Conference this year. But the nice part is BYU overcame all kinds of issues. And they've had, I think, a combined 40, you know, should be 41 turnovers in both of those games, and I found ways to roll to pretty sizable victories. In the case of Portland, it was 13 points. In the case of Pacific, it was 20 points. So this is a BYU team, yes. The turnover issues, when they go up against the likes of St. Mary's, USF, Gonzaga, you can't have 19 and 20 turnovers against those teams because those teams will make life miserable for you because they're far more capable of just beating you heads up or straight up than a team like Portland was. But BYU in the second half was was able to turn it around and ultimately I think they ended up what was it in the second half I, I wrote this down let me find it real quick uh, they were uh, 12 to 3 in points off turnovers in the second half so obviously they turned it around in the second half the other part of it was Gideon George got going offensively and BYU just started taking the care of the ball a little bit better and that's that's the nice part so the good news is BYU has won seven straight uh, in basketball, and they're sitting pretty right now. 12-5, and five, they're probably going to finish at worst, I feel like, fourth in the West Coast Conference. I think that Third, second's not out of, the, out of the realm of possibility. Gonzaga just seems like uh, uh, just a team that you're like, okay, be nice to have had a chance to win the West Coast Conference at one point during BYU's long tenure. I guess not necessarily long, but pretty sizable tenure in the West Coast Conference. But the way Gonzaga is rolling right now, sure doesn't seem like this is the year they're going to fall off. So I think if you're BYU, just keep keep your heads. And that's the nice part about BYU basketball. If they continue to grind and just kind of push forward here, this is a team that is very, very capable of being a power player in the West Coast Conference, especially considering the rocky start that BYU had. Think about this. They were they were sitting at 5-5, five and five, and they've reeled off seven straight victories. It was a really up and down and kind of downright ugly start to the season. Think of some of the losses BYU endured, that South Dakota loss, the UVU loss, uh, and just some of the, the ways that BYU squeaked out victories. 
trajectories that were completely unimpressive this uh, earlier this season, and suddenly to have them sitting at 12 and five just uh, about a month after some of these struggles, it's a really really uh, good look to have uh, for not a good look. It's a, it's a good place for BYU to be in right now as the new year kicks off. So I guess the my, my, if I had I give you guys some New Year's resolutions for BYU basketball for the rest of the basketball season upcoming, number one thing. Cut down on the turnovers. I, I'm a broken record on saying this, but those turnover woes, yes, you're always always going to have turnovers in games. That's just kind of a part of the game of basketball is to have turnovers. But for comparison's sake, Portland it, uh, had, uh, let's see, 11 turnovers versus the 19 for BYU. 11 turnovers is far more palatable, and I know that Mark Pope, he's talked about this, we need to cut down on the turnovers. you got to stop giving the ball away. And it made life miserable for BYU in that first half. Uh, Christian uh, Sholand, uh, this uh, ended up being the star of this game, had a career-high 32 points. He was absolutely balling out, and he was a beneficiary of many of those turnovers in the first half for BYU. The Cougars did clamp down on in the second half, but let's just, I, I want to get them back to playing how they were at the kind of early part of this uh, win streak. Think about Creighton. They didn't have that many turnovers, and they were just they were able to manage themselves and handle their business. So BYU as a team right now, they're in a good spot. But the, the biggest thing is, I'm, I'm just pulling this up right now, let's see, turnovers. They're averaging 15.9 for the season. If they can get that down into the low teens on average, and I guess if they average low teens the rest of the way this season, that's probably my top uh, request, my New Year's resolution for them, is take care of the, the turnover woes. The other thing about this is shooting the three-point uh, ball, three ball. 33.3%, okay, they're making one out of every three three-point shots. They need to be shooting it better. As a team, field goal percentage-wise, 44%, you can deal with that. That's actually not a bad shooting percentage, but you need to see more of the three ball going in consistently for BYU. When they make the three consistently, life's pretty good for BYU. And the last little bit has been a little more consistent shooting the three ball, but you want to see that be a little more consistent. Uh, the last thing for me, and it relates to the three ball, I want to see Fuseni Traore. He has not attempted a three this year. And I, maybe he doesn't have it in his arsenal, but the, the biggest thing for Fuseni Traore, I feel like, is for him to really unlock his offensive game. I feel like he needs to learn how to at least shoot outside. I might maybe not out to the three-point line, but if he could make a 15 to 18-footer out there and cause opponents to have to uh, step away from the rim, that would open the middle of the floor for him to be far more effective. Maybe he has it in his arsenal. He hasn't shown it shown it to us yet. Uh, I would venture to say if he hasn't shown it quite yet, he probably doesn't have it in the tool belt, but I'd like to see him develop that, and if that could be something that he could use here in West Coast Conference play, I think it would make him a far more effective basketball player as we come into the uh, West Coast Conference portion of the slate, obviously the final two months of the regular season staring us in the face here as we uh, head toward March. All right. There you go. Some thoughts on BYU basketball, some New Year's resolutions. But the biggest thing is, folks, they've won seven straight games. So there's not a lot to complain about. But uh, when you're winning things like you are, there's still things to nitpick. Because it doesn't feel like this BYU basketball team is playing anywhere near its uh, its peak capability right now, does it? So uh, obviously you want to see them clean some things up. And obviously continue to have a good run here. And I think I have a good chance this week of running that record to 4-0 in West Coast Conference play. But you do have Gonzaga coming up a week from Thursday. So that's, that's a huge game just over a week out. So looking forward to that one, but we'll continue to track everything with BYU basketball as we move forward here. All right. 
As we round out today's show, we'll get to some final notes on BYU women's basketball. Also, uh, begin our look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era. I promise you guys we're doing this in the new year. It's our way over the next, I don't know, I remember how many days we've got until the uh, till BYU kicks off against Sam Houston State anymore. It's somewhere in the 240s, but we are going to be getting you guys ready for it with a look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet. Online. They are your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season ongoing. Uh, by the way, the college football playoffs, talk about a barn burner set of games on Saturday. The best part is they also got basketball, uh, anything else you want. Tiddlywinks, I feel like they've got it for you guys. They've got it all right now at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasting, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They are the fastest and the easiest way to get your sports betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. They are offering a great deal for you to kick off your season, uh, kick off your new year, I guess not your season, but kick off your new year with a way to save extra money, especially in this a period of high interest rates and high inflation. They have got uh, a 15-month saving certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%, and they're offering it to you, all of us right now. All of us know that interest rates are remaining high, and the Fed has said they're going to continue to raise those over the next little bit, trying to rein in inflation. Well, guess what? That means it's tough to get much of a return on your money. That is where these savings certificates step in to help you guys save that money. The best part is you put it in there and that 4.00% APY return is far higher than any other savings account, money market account, whatever you might have your money sitting in right now. So take advantage of it. The best part is you can get a savings certificate for as little as just $500, making it an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big or small. It's really simple to open a UCCU savings certificate today. You can do it online, over the phone, or just stop by any UCCU branch. But remember, this offer is for a limited time only, so jump on it right now. The best part is UCCU can make it really simple. Once again, you can start online by going to uccu.com to learn more. If it, And by the way, if the terms of that 15 months and the 4.00% APY don't fit what you're looking for, you've also got a variety of term options to help match your specific needs. So start now, uccu.com to learn more now. That's UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for joining us, as always, here in the new year. And uh, if you haven't already, I would encourage you guys to share this with your family and friends. We just went through the holiday season, but uh, make sure to tell your family and friends about this podcast. And if you are interested in advertising with the podcast as the new year uh, gets going here, get you covered every day. We don't stop during the football offseason. We go all year round. So if you want to advertise with the podcast, we would love nothing more than for you guys to be with us. Uh, you can email us for more information, Locked On B. BYU at gmail.com is the email address to get more information and hopefully have you guys be a, a sponsorship partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. All right, before we go on today's show, uh, the BYU women's basketball team got a really, really nice game from Nani Falatea. She scored 24 points as BYU routed St. Mary's 66-41. to and I just talked about BYU men's basketball uh, really rounding in form and having a good run in the month of December. Well, the women's basketball team, they're finding their form as well. So that's the nice part is that the women's basketball team, yeah, maybe we were a little harsh earlier on, I, I include myself, in terms of looking at this team and saying, okay, this is very much a rebuilding year. And it still feels like a, t- a year where BYU is going to have to still uh, find ways to manufacture wins and really get this roster set up. But it just got a commitment from Jennifer Esai, who was a former top 40 overall recruit 
recruit, went to Oregon for a minute, and then decided to transfer, and is coming to BYU. So suddenly the women's basketball future doesn't look necessarily as bleak as it once did. So that, that's I guess the good news is if you're a basketball fan, if you're a hoops fan, both the men's and women's side of things for BYU right now, as we kick off the new year, things aren't looking nearly as bad as they did just a month ago at the start of December. So congratulations to the women's basketball team, especially Nani Falatea. That's a fantastic showing for her. 24 points in that route of St. Mary's. All right, and now as we will do uh, over the next however many months until we have BYU football back in our lives, nine months I guess, eight months at least, uh, we're going to start looking back at all 155 BYU games of their football independent era. And many of you will recall, and I think there were thousands of you who made this trip. I did not make it, and I regret not doing it. BYU opened their independent era with a road trip down in the Grove against Ole Miss. It was a 14-13 win for BYU and kicked off independence, let's let's be honest, in a thrilling, thrilling way because many of us wondered, okay, how good is BYU really going to be and going up against an SEC team, albeit uh, Ole Miss was like, okay, they're middle of the pack at best SEC team, but can BYU hang with an SEC program? Well, uh, late in the game, Kyle Van Noy decided, you know what, if our offense is struggling to score and they'd only scored seven points to that point well i'll handle it myself here you go pressure on stout lost the football inside the five it's loose into the end zone that looks like it's a byu touchdown kyle van noy with the recovery look at the shock on these old miss fans well there's the mistake made by the quarterback and here's the three four watch these two outside linebackers right here on Zach Stout. Oh, the memories. Kyle Van Noy. What a foreshadowing, by the way, of what the future might hold for that young man if you think about it because he was just absolutely phenomenal the rest of his career at BYU and has now gone on to just have monster, monster seasons in the NFL. Two Super Bowl rings with the New England Patriots. He had actually had a strip sack uh, just yesterday for the Los Angeles Chargers. KVN, uh, what a player and what a way to win that game and to kick off the era for BYU in Independence 1-0. And I remember watching that game thinking, oh my goodness, is this team really going to do this? Are they going to be that good? And I know it's one game, but come on. When you see games like that happen and you go to the SEC and win a game like that and it's a it's a new thing, BYU being an independent football program after decades upon decade of being a member of a conference, it was like, wow. What a way to kick it off, but Kyle Van Noy is the hero for BYU. Uh, other stars in this game, Jake Heaps did have a 225 yards passing, one touchdown against one interception in this one. Uh, J.J. Luigi, a name you probably haven't remembered in a hot minute, uh, led the way for in rushing for BYU with 56 yards in this one. And then Ross Oppo uh, hooking up with Jake Heaps with the lone uh, passing reception uh, for a touchdown in that game. He led the way with four receptions for 46 yards in the game for BYU. So uh, it, was a, it was a fun way to begin. Uh, the independent era for BYU, but the very next week, uh, we know how how difficult things can be as a member of the independent uh, side of things, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Once again, a happy new year to you all. Our thoughts and prayers once again go out to the family of Sione Vecoso on the loss of that young man. May uh, Sione rest in peace and look over all of us. I look forward to BYU dedicating the upcoming 2023 season to the memory of their fallen teammate, but we'll have plenty more coverage for you guys in the coming days and weeks again, uh, again when it comes to all things BYU, but 
But join us again tomorrow. We'll talk uh, BYU football once again, looking at back at the independent era for BYU and a look back at the history books. We'll also get back to what we call our um, debriefings of the BYU's t- uh, 2022 season, looking at a position group, how it performed, and what the future may look like as well. It's kind of a, a look back with the peak ahead as well. We'll get to that on tomorrow's show as well. But until then, have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for joining us. Make sure you check out our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Make that your second listen right now. Make sure you get caught up on all the big news with the Big 12, especially with a national title contender in TCU playing for all the marbles a week from tonight down there at SoFi Stadium in L.A. Josh Neighbors will get you covered with everything when it comes uh, to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. For myself, Jake Hatch, I once again thank you for your time every single day joining us here. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.